Welcome, everybody, to the Pixel Classroom Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Reed. Here, we'll talk about everything from education to passion, innovation, X-Factor, pop culture, entrepreneurship, and more. And if you like what you hear, please think of subscribing to us. We would love to have you continue listening and supporting the Pixel Classroom Podcast. And now, let's get to today's episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pixel Classroom Podcast. This is episode 131 here for October of 2022. Hope everybody's starting to go to as the leaves change, the autumn air fills the area. You work those Friday night lights and say, maybe I should have put on some long underwear and some thicker gloves like I had to last night after homecoming. So, yeah, go, go, go Cogs. But anyhow, on that note, uh, speaking of somebody who is in a little bit warmer weather than me, uh, this my, my guest today is a dedicated educational technologist, father of two young boys, and is CEO and co-founder, believe it or not, of Breakout EDU. And, you know, we've talked about that, and uh, Tish Richman has been on that. We'll definitely get in talking about where Breakout EDU is going. And in fact, uh, even though this is all audio, I mean, he's wearing an Unlock the Love of Learning shirt, which I'm slightly jealous. Up. But anyhow, uh, he's immersive in the gamified uh, platform and teachers and students for transforming classrooms and places of discovery, such as inquiry-based learning, something I definitely use myself. Uh, previously, he served as the innovative fellow for the White House and created uh, several EdTech learning platforms, including EduTeacher, EduClipper, which I was a user of uh, for myself quite a couple of years. And, and he's written numerous books in education technology and speaks international uh, subjects in education and technology. And he also did an amazing drone little thing, which is hard to believe was seven <laughs> years ago. I would like to welcome the one and only uh, Adam Bello to the Pixel Classroom. How are you today, Adam? Oh, Ryan. Well, th thank you so much for having me. Thanks for the the very kind intro. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm good. It's a lovely, lovely day here in New York. It is a slightly warmer, but uh, it's it's only 53. So don't oh, don't be too, yeah, but, don't be too well, jealous. Well, yeah, it's 45 here. I got to <laughs> walk the dog, mow the lawn later. So we'll, 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 like I said, the sun's rising. I'm like, good morning, fun, sunshine. Yeah, there you like go. That. Yeah, I got, you got to love when we record these early in the morning, guys, after we've had our couple waters and toast. So, uh, Adam, so, you know, how did everything get started? I mean, you're a former English teacher. What kind of uh, led you on your little path on here? What led you to doing things like EduClipper and then, of course, later Breakout EDU, something that's been widely accepted by many educators like me, Tish Richmond, of course, Michael Matera, John Meehan, you know, several people we've uh, talked to and uh, we definitely have worked with. And for some reason, they still talk to us still. So, <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, how did it all get started? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, like I always was a big nerd, um, you know, the typical like I went into teaching. It was not my first choice of career. I actually wanted to be a filmmaker, um, went to film school, realized that's really tough and needed a job because I uh, had fallen in love. And my my girlfriend and fiance, now wife <clears throat> of, of 18 plus years, um, what we were like, yeah, well, we need to have a job. And I was like, well, my parents were teachers, so I guess I could do that because you could probably do what your parents do. Uh, yeah, and that we, literally we was like, we've all thought about that. I know I tried being a cook and a uh, financial analyst and boy, we know how well that went with both my stepfather and, <laughs> and my father and a little bit of my design, but anyway, I'll get back to you there, Adam. No, no, no. I mean, I, and that was honestly like, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try this. I love working with kids. I had been a camp counselor for years. So went into be an English teacher kind of failed upwards several times. I went from being an assistant English teacher at a school for kids with language disabilities 
then wound up saying like, oh, if I want to be the head teacher, I have to go and get a degree in education. So I went and got dual dual masters in uh, early childhood and special education, and then went, uh, you know, went to, as a full time English teacher, but loved technology. So I actually started Edutecker when I was doing my graduate courses, teaching a class actually that I was enrolled in the same program, and I basically finished the class. And last night they were like, the dean wants to see you. Hey you really know more than the professor on this, or, you know, we would like to, <laughs> we'd like to give you the opportunity to teach this going forward. So <laughs> oh, wow. it was super weird. It was a super weird time, but that's where Edge of, uh, Edge of Tecker was born and then got involved in all the EdTech stuff. It was the perfect time. And I would, you know, people I talked to always ask me like, oh, how do I do this? How do I get started? And it's like, unfortunately, it's a lot of luck, a lot of education and a time machine really would be helpful for most because it was like 2007 Oh, wow. So, yeah, Twitter we're, was we're just started. Yeah, I mean, it was like just really getting. And again, like EdTech has been around for years and years and years. And I have very good friends that have been pioneers way, way, way before me. I mean, uh, Kathy Schrock and and so many others that have have really pioneered that space a, a decade and a half or two before me. But I felt like with Twitter being the catalyst, things were warming up. And so EdgeTecker, which started as a hobby, kind of took off in my class. And then I started seeing that people were using it around the world. And yeah, I just. I love doing that stuff. And I, it was taking a risk and being supported by my wife and my family to be like, Hey, you know what? We give it a shot, like go for it. And I was always the mindset of like, let's try it. Let's, let's do it. If you, if you believe you can do it, you can do it. So that's where edge clipper came from. And I, you know, it's funny when, when we were setting this up, I was like, you know, I loved, loved seeing your stuff on edge clipper and you were <laughs> such a big fan and supporter of that. And I did that for a long time. And like, that was the first real quote unquote startup y experience I had because we raised money and we did like, but it was the 2012 era where everyone was right. free or premium. It was a tough ride, but it, I learned a hell of a lot. Um, and then, you know, just a lot of good friends in the space and went worked at the White House. But during that time, Breakout was starting and was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to come in and took the invite to come in and, and start running with that team. And, and we're really proud of what we've been able to accomplish. Yeah, I mean, it's been amazing. I really did love MG Clipper. I remember we met in uh, 2015 at, at um, in Arizona for the Mobile 15, which was my first true. I actually got on a plane, went places, actually afforded the ticket, and actually got uh, that's awesome. And you know, saw my aunt because you know my aunt was there because she mm -hmm. lived in Phoenix, so she drove me down to Flagstaff. <laughs> Everything else was pretty amazing. But yeah, it was it was a really it was an amazing time. But I really liked Edgy Clipper, and I had been using Pinterest for a little bit, and I was over at CLS about two two and a half years at that time by the time I used it. but I did have a lot of teachers that used it too because they wanted something a little bit more platform for the kids and we were a one-to-one -one iPad school so a lot of the high school uh, teachers used that and I kind of moved that as Jackson did it and I kept it for a lot of my pieces but it didn't really translate even though we had Chromebooks and iPads and even a desk um, computer lab in the school and then like you know things kind of went up things changed and so forth so, you know that's why I slightly moved it but you know yeah. you guys you got on breakout edu I had always loved the you know we, we were just talking before we were recording talking about maniac management but I always loved puzzle games you know <laughs> I loved Shadowgate um, we talked about Kylo who's been on an episode here too and um, I'm currently creating my own breakout digital edus and I know during COVID you had a lot of the breakout edus I was really a big fan of that um, I have to say I think some of the people we did on some chats um, definitely for um, social studies, TLAP, and a few other people where we really were trying to embrace the digital aspects of the breakout EDU. Because despite some things is we had kids that, I, and I know, unfortunately, I had the experience with uh, some of the early years of breakout EDU. Some got right into it. And sometimes I like, tried to immediately cheat. I actually had a kid who actually snuck in a pair of 
bolt cutters to actually cut lock off one time. And, oh, that turned into a huge situation because he was in the office <laughs> and had those in there. Um, and he broke the and completely ruined, ruined the whole game. So oh, my gosh. people were so mad about him. And I was telling them that, you know, breakout ED was coming up because I had to prep a lot of these kids because if you just dropped it on them, they weren't engaged. But when I talked to them and so forth, it always worked out very well for these classes. But um, the breakout EDU, I mean, escape rooms technically have become a much bigger thing. I mean, there's one right here. Believe it or not, one of my students, uh, current senior, she actually works at the psycho um, breakout um, escape room right here in Sycamore, which I haven't done. But uh, I know a lot of people in there. I was telling you too about friends of mine whose children work over there, too. But, you know, what really kind of got you into that with the breakout edu um how did it change from the classic you know multiple locks and killing a lot of us teacher budgets and um, um leading to the more digital kind of frontier that we got into definitely before covid definitely during the main part of the pandemic and as we hopefully slowly get more out of into the epidemic phase like where are we going out with both the physical and the digital parts of breakout edu yeah that's it's such a great question and i feel like there's so many places to start this i mean you know, breakout was started by a team of of former educators that were just dedicated to trying to see that there was something different that we could do in the classroom, um, taking the passion that is felt in an escape room and bringing that to the class. And that's kind of obviously where the idea started. You know, we have my my partner and and our, our COO, Mark Hammonds, who was building boxes in his garage. And we had like three or four games on the platform. And then Patty Haru, uh, who's the one of our directors of games, came in and started making games for second graders. And none of our games were for second grade at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's when I started getting involved. I had been talking with, with James, who was, uh, uh, the founder went to an escape room, saw the idea, wanted to take it to the classroom and then had been talking with him. I actually had just gone to the white house and was like, you know what, I'm going to leave that and come to work on breakout because at the time breakout was associated with ed tech team, um, which was great. And it was such a great relationship because we were able to kind of work under their umbrella. And then, uh, we would go to conferences and show it to teachers, but, you know, very, very early on, I knew that there was more, that this was a company that should stand on its own. And so we kind of broke it apart, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, and went out on our own. And um, the the digital piece is really interesting. And, and part of it came from the fact that people were using like Google Forms to build games. And there's a lot of problems with that. One, we felt like the quality control was really, really tough. Um, copyrights were being broken. People were saying it was breakout EDU and it was literally pictures they stole off the internet. People were, ver- kids figured out very early on, you could right click and view source code and find the answers inside those Google mm-hmm. forms. So like all the digital games like really became tough. And for me, my fascination has always been, you know, Edge Clippers digital portfolio features where we're kind of the germ of this idea of like students should be creators, not consumers. And I've said this on stages for a decade and written about it and stuff like that. And that's where it was like, if we build a digital game builder, the tools that we use to build our own games could be diversified to students and teachers alike. And teachers could edit games real quick. We have a thousand digital games right now that teachers can just grab and be like, oh, this is too hard for my kids, or I want to challenge them this way or whatever, and add or edit as many locks as they like. And students have the exact same tool that we have to go and build those things too. And you know that was the start. COVID obviously came and completely cut out the legs under breakout as you would imagine it would be very difficult to sell <laughs> breakout yeah. kits um so digital was kind of the only thing and and a lot of companies thrived during covid i think we did not because we did not pivot all the way in like our our we felt very very strongly that we should not be marketing as a quote unquote solution for covid and we're very, very much focused on rebuilding and building what we've just recently started launching which is kind of this next evolution of breakout and we've stitched together 
physical and digital. There's elements that we now promote that are basically like, hey, we have this new expansion pack with some extra pieces. You use that in conjunction with our digital stuff. It's very hands-on still, but it's less um, set up. You know, and the kits, we've streamlined the entire website. It's completely different so that setting up a breakout is much easier for teachers. The, the understanding of how to do it, the investment of time put in, we know it has great payoff, but we know that there is investment to set it up and learn how to do it. We, we've really tried to make that as minimal as possible. And then the digital creation piece, um, what I'm really excited about is we just launched a partnership with Adobe Express about uh, maybe a month ago now where students can come in and teachers can come in and right within breakout, they can use Adobe Express to build any clue and any clue mm-hmm. design. So we're really excited about what students will build using those those tools. So that's in a nutshell, there's a lot more future stuff we're doing, but to answer that question of kind of the the last year or two or three years, that was the the, the history lineage. Yeah, because like I said, my stuff as I did, and I eventually got pretty good at doing the puzzle games myself, and I had a lot of kids too. And I, but you know, like I said, I started seeing a lot of my budgets going towards trying to get the locks and a couple of other things, and I started yep. doing a little bit more digital tools. So I have left, but I also had to walk with some of my locks because, like the padlock, you can't change the code. Whatever that code is, you have to use. And luckily, I had different grade levels, so I didn't have kids cross platforms. So I would do a new clue with those lock numbers based on something they had learned or were learning, or I was teaching them because I was more of the uh, facilitator and tech coordinator before I was having my own classroom. So then I changed it. But then, of course, I had to change things, too. So every time there was like a sale at Menards or Home Depot, like my brother-in-law did some stuff. He's like, hey, Ryan, I got some locks and clears. Like, please, get, I don't care to lock. Just bring them over to me. Yeah. And I had I had a couple locks I got, I got on a huge clearance sale um, in 2019. And then there were some in 2021 I got. But unfortunately, these were the more larger bike, like high-level locks. Well, the problem is if you don't use those in conjunction very much, they can rust sh- shut so i had two locks that went to waste because they were in my storage in my basement but they were not meant to be in that large of an area one was still working great and the other one was like it was completely broken i tossed it but i said you know this thing's almost three years old and it was on clearance anyhow so you know my money's not lost hey it's recyclable whatever or i, I actually gave it to my shop say hey have this and then they said oh yeah ryan i can use that and i'll just use it as like how how locks work in a padlock and we'll kind of do something we're doing so i said okay great uh, at least it's getting used and instead of like i spent five bucks on this two years ago or, or i got a discount now i got to throw it out and then some i've gone back into it more but i had to watch some things too like the black lighting the visos and everything were always a problem because what happened with me was i'd have these kids that wanted to shine in people's eyes I'm like you do not shine a black light in somebody's eyes it, it can do some damage so that's when after tony did vincent did some stuff with um his um watermelon shape grams i came up with the the mystery cards on canva to where they would have the clues in there so i'd have the kids actually go into there with a clue and they had to figure out where the magic viewfinder was which was a nice little piece which of course is in the canva classroom with amanda fox too because i just found that that worked a little better so i adapted too with the locks and i'm kind of getting more my son's science teacher loves breakout edu she's made her own she's bought her own for the science kids i mean tyler's doing very good they love it tyler loves puzzle games so at least that's awesome very well especially with his adhd and a few other things but i think the kids really do but we have a lot of kids that just do not have interest in puzzle come they're like if i'm not defeating the zombie hordes or you know doing x y and z what thing so i think that's always an interesting thing like what goes into some of the games to not only make them challenging but engaging because we, we know the teachers can do but some of these um breakout edus i've seen second grade um breakout uses of stumped freshmen in high school and then i've seen second graders dissect you know college level ones and those kids would be more happy going to play pokemon go and outside would <laughs> outside with hey i'm gonna build a fort and we're gonna do a lightsaber battling but yet can solve a <laughs> a college age breakout 
Yeah, I mean, so many, so many great points there. I mean, I'll start with. I, I do want to address like the the kit components themselves. Like when Breakout started, we were purchasing stuff off the shelf. So like when you say you went to Menards and bought locks, like that was originally where we started. We found out those locks are obviously they're not meant to be reset. They're not meant for what we were trying to use them for. So that we very quickly started manufacturing our own materials. And so you know, there's obviously it went from this open source go to Amazon and buy these locks to a concept of like we created these locks for, for several reasons. One, they could be reset. And we have this thing called a multi-lock. I don't know if you've seen it yeah, recently or whatever, but I, I yeah, have like one of them, yeah. Yeah. So you could like literally change all the combinations very easily and quickly. And we've even improved it further with like the, the most recent kits and stuff. So we also stand by our stuff. So like teachers that do buy the, the actual kit, cost comparison to like buying all the parts separately is definitely something that they, you know, I we would recommend you look at. Obviously I'm not uh digging into anyone's uh <laughs> pockets over here, but just wanted to say that because I, I know that there were, you know, especially early on, it's like that there was a master lock that we love that actually master lock themselves, the speed lock, the one was directional where you oh, yeah. in different directions, an amazing, fun, cool idea. But the lock itself was just, it was meant to be a gym lock that had up, up, down, down, left, right is the combination. And that's it. So that was, that was a tough uh, change. Well, and I also had it to where I, you know, I was able to, you know, the, in the directional locks, I was able to reset for a time, but after about nine times, yep. the lock kind of says I'm done. You know, and if you think about it, it says like I had my parents still had my old um, uh, seventh grade PE. Um, sure. The master lock. turn lock. Yep. And, yep. Yep. And the card was there. The And it's still open. Very good. But I, I was messing around with it a little bit. And my father in law had one for Melissa, which was using for Tyler. And it was still working great, you know, being 30 years old and everything. But I went to use one of those locks. And I had the old code, but it, it he pulled it off the whole thing broke but i'm like well yep. it's a 30 year old lock i mean come on yeah, yeah yeah for sure it worked great for two games but then the in the kid he was like dr reed i didn't mean to do that i just pulled it really i'm like guys yep. a 30 year old lock i'm not upset but then they looked at me like you still have a code from 30 years ago <laughs> yeah for sure i mean and i will say like the other thing i would say about the the physical components is like you know you talk about immersion you talk about getting kids excited and involved like that that is an experience unlike I would say any other in the classroom, I really do feel like getting kids involved and engaged. It's, it's really a pretty incredible and pre pretty incredible level of engagement. Um, we do stand by those locks. If people have problems out there and you're listening, you're like, oh, I have a lock that doesn't open. Just email us. We help replace or fix any of those locks. Um, that said, it, you asked a really, really important question that I want to spend a little bit of time chatting through is, is how do you get kids involved? And it's engagement. And the engagement component comes not just from like, oh, we're doing breakout. It's a game because so is, you know, Kahoot, which is a quiz. So is, you know, all these other tools that are similar. Um, this story is what brings kids in. And you talked about defeating the zombie hordes. Well, we found great success with saying, hey, you're going to escape the, you know, help solve the zombie virus. And it's one of the most played games we have. And it's based right. off the fact that it starts with a story. There's consistent look and feel of the clues that actually build you know, these are things that I've learned from our great directors of games, Patty and Anne, on our team. They've talked about, and they actually have a lot of free webinars out there people can watch as well in terms of like how to build a good game. Starts with a story. The clues need to build in levels of uh, complexity where it's like you give people a clue that builds confidence that allows them to, it's not on the nose, but it's like you're able to figure it out. And then you build off of that. And then I think consistency in story, getting students involved where it's not too hard and then I think from a teaching standpoint, obviously the teacher is not that the role is really important as a facilitator. There's an important thing, as you talked about, like there are some students that it's like, you know, they would rather cut off the lock or in some cases they are 
trying to grab the box and always be the first one to solve it. There's tons of ways to mitigate those experiences in the classroom. And obviously, you know, as a skilled teacher yourself and other people that are doing this, you know your class best. And I think that there's a lot of ways to just involve, um, you know, your students, whether it be, hey, the kid that grabs the box all the time, you get three tries and then you have to give it up for about five minutes and you can have a timer. And since you're facilitating, you have plenty of time to do that. With digital, it's the same deal. You know, like we really recommend digital not to be solo experiences and to be something that that students can solve in groups. And what I'm really most proud about is that this last year, as I said, we now, we sell Breakout as just Breakout EDU. It's the kit. It comes with a year of access. It comes with these new parts that we've made and every digital component as well as every physical component. Um, there's 2,000 games. It's about an even split between the ones that are set for the box and the ones that are set for the digital component. And it includes that, um, you know, that game builder. But what I love about that is that it also includes this thing called Lock of the Day, which we started uh, literally about a year ago today. Um, and that is a five minute brain break where it's like, hey, the kids come in and it's every single day. And a lot of teachers use it as a warm up or a brain break. And it kind of builds not just their understanding of how puzzles are solved, but it's that self-confidence to understand how these types of puzzles work. Because as you said, this type of thinking is not multiple choice. Like this right. is not like, oh, I'm going to sit down, look at the clue and figure it out right away. You have to do a lot of deep think. So yeah, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of thinking involved. And I think there's a lot of care that goes into how the games are designed. But we're also just, we just implemented uh, some feedback that'll be launching actually this week for all of our games. We'll be collecting rating and reviews. So not, not necessarily for, for public view, but for our own internal use to be like, hey, these games are too challenging or these games are just right. And being able to take that information to either tweak the game or provide games that are more similar to that type of challenge for that type of uh, audience. Yeah, and I think that's always a thing. I mean, you, your earlier stuff was pretty good. And like I would base it on too, but like I said, I would have it to where I'd have a fourth grade. This is meant for fourth graders. I did the fourth graders and they were so stumped. I mean, time expired. They just couldn't. We had like a oh, epic fail. The kids love that part. They, they yeah. thought that was hilarious. But at the same time, is that's coming with like, well, Dr. Reed, could we do that? I, I, yeah. I'm not saying make the game super easy, but <laughs> that, was, that was too hard. Yeah. And, you know, even the teacher came and saying, yeah, I think that was a little hard too. Um, maybe you should have done X, Y, and Z. And maybe, you know what, maybe we could have just substituted that clue for this clue. And I, okay, that makes sense. And then we kind of did that too. And then, like I said, I got to where I would look at one of you guys' games and say, okay, that's going to be my game. And I would build around my curriculum and that worked good. But then sometimes I'd fall in the trap. Like I made it too easy. Like I had a, yep. a breakout that this was, it was about 2018. And that game originally what it was based off of should have lasted at least a good 30 minutes, even with, really good students and we were done in seven minutes and i was just like i mean i had my backup plan just i always had yep. a plan just in case the games ended too early but i just kind of went like i can't do that you know it, it, that's too easy and then like i yeah. said like we had a hybrid model to where it's like i had them the hybrid ones online would solve that that breakout unit i had the people in class do a kind of where they would do clues from stations too but not really move around too much but still would move around it worked out very well but i would have the ones that would say like you know dr reed i think this was too easy for us because we're online and this was and then the ones the person just got right and i had yep. to flip that around a little bit more and it worked but then i got to the point like you know what guys i think we really need to wait until we get to a better modeling of things or that's where it finally dawned on me like guys why don't you make your own breakouts and they looked at me like what really i'm like no no, no i can show you how to do it how easy ones just do with google or here's an easy one you can do this and like i i had to do some things too because like uh, my students right now one 
huge fan of mythology. He he based all open-ended answers, but really around the, the earliest things of the Greek gods. And he really liked Thor, Love, and Thunder, but really kind of liked the little thing, but he kind of focused on like, hey, where did you have to go for, you know, using Google Map, which was a very simple one, like for Poseidon, like, oh, it would be the Atlantic because that flew into the Mediterranean. So, you know, they the, the two answers were either Atlantic, all, all spelled right, or mid-Mediterranean. So if they got that clue and locked it and moved it on. And I had one, he was like so stumped. And I just looked at him like, well, what's something that really gets into you? And he's like, well, I've thought about meteorology. And I looked at him first, I'm like, well, first of all, you meteorology, okay, but you, you really need to get your math grades up because that requires a lot of math. Huh. But I said, what about tornadoes? He's like, what do you mean about tornadoes? He's like, well, you could do a complete escape the tornado or seek shelter. He's like, oh, that's a great idea. So then he started looking at things. But he's like, well, what do I do for the clues? He's like, well, what's the number one rule about a tornado? He's like, we'll never get in a car because the car will test it. Well, there's your first example. And he went, oh, you know what? I'll just go to this YouTube video and then an example. And I'll give the three examples for the guy. Because, like, yeah, even though he's on foot trying to get to town, the truth is he has a better chance of going on foot because he can get in a ditch. He can seek a shelter. But if he's in a car and the, the storm picks up, he could be flying out there and be killed or severely injured. I said, there you go. So, you know, it really got him to unlock these ideas and everything, but also taking some basic ideas for things too. And I have, like I said, my student, I mentioned early on, she actually works for the local breakout room. So she was telling me like, I really better get an A on this because if I do it, I think my boss is going to say I'm fired. And she actually told her that like, if you, if you don't get an A on this project with your teacher, who is actually an alum, I actually want to, I actually am married to one of his classmates from way oh, back when I'm, I think we're, you're, we're going to get fired. And she looked at, I mean, they're joking, but she looked at me like but she's got a point i should know how to do this by now because i see all the breakouts all the time and yep. i have to do all the escape rooms so she's and i better I'm, i really need to push it but i liked it because it really gets her to really think that hard she's a great student first of all but at the same time is it's it's really kind of gave her a whole nother context like you know if i work in a breakout room even though I'm oh, yeah. just as an 18 year old to, you know, whatever grocery, but if I can't do it in the classroom in a digital accent where my teacher is giving me open end on this, then maybe I, 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 I need to think of a new job. Well, no, I mean, listen, it's tough. I mean, I've designed games, but, but uh, we have an incredible team. In fact, you know, um, we, we used to do the games sometimes together for some of the team games, but our, our team is cranking out these games. We get stumped sometimes. There's mm -hmm. definitely games that are tough. Um, the one thing I'd say is like, I'm really, really proud of the content we've created about game design because we actually just launched it uh, earlier this summer. We created a whole like gamified course where students actually watch a video explaining how clues can be designed. And again, it takes like real examples of how to build a story or whatever, and then uh, walks through the video, which talks about how to think through different types of puzzles that are not connecting things you would normally think of. And then you play a game with sample ideas based from the video. And then the challenge, of course, is to go and take that and use it to build something yourself. So lots of really good deep thinking going into that, because it's not something that even, as you said, if your student's playing it and she's went, worked at the escape room or whatever, I will tell you, it doesn't always transfer. We as a right. team at Breakout have played escape room games and been stumped, you know, and we're like, wait, we do this all time. Like, this is not only... It's the same thing. It's like, this is our job. And we're, you know, stumped by some of those puzzles. Now, sometimes it's not our fault and the puzzles are completely arbitrary and bad. And then right. sometimes you're like, oh, that's super clever. We just yeah, aren't yeah. clever enough. <laughs> yeah, my former school way back at Jackson, we did the escape room, which was over the laser tag area too. And our one of our former employees was actually managing the place too. But, you know, we, two of us were like driving us nuts. And they're like, Ryan designs these. Why can't, you know, I can't fill the clue. And then the other team, they, they, they gave us an extra five. It's like, okay, we're gonna give you an extra five minutes because there was kind of a little slight issue and everything. And the group two actually escaped because they were soft. But the other one, once we got the one clue, we immediately said, 
oh, that is not fair. And it was right there staring us in the face. If we would have done that, we would unlock this, which would because then the employee is saying to like, oh, yeah, then it was then we would have like flew. It's like if we just would have solved this one yep. number clue, we would have been we, we would like flew over and me and my friend Joe Sloan, who was also on the podcast uh, back in season one, both of him and I just like looked at each other and like, how could we have missed that? We were just like, yeah. oh, come on. Yeah, but the debrief is important like that, that walking through like how the thinking works is super, super important. And even when you talk about your kids ending a game in seven minutes, you know, that's one of the reasons that we put in, you know, what goes in the box. We we don't want it to be intrinsic. Uh, we don't want it to be extrinsic. We want the learning to continue and it, for it to be some sort of intrinsic win. So, yes, you celebrate a win or you celebrate a loss, but also like we created these things called the 4C cards, which allows the students to have like this meta conversation about their actual experience. And there's creativity cards in there, too, which say like, yeah, if you were going to add a lock to this game, design the next lock. Or if you're going to change one or whatever, like there, there's so many little creative elements for students to think of. So especially if you have two groups working in the classroom in tandem and one finishes super early, they can actually extend their experience by going through these cards and going, you know, taking two or three and each going through a conversation. So really kind of a an easy um an easy way to extend and make games longer. I think obviously sometimes you plan and you're like, oh, they'll get out of here in 30 minutes and it's too long. Um, but our team, you know, again, that's stuff you learn over years and years of doing this for seven years. We've had these game designers that kind of got it down to a science uh, and we hear about it. There are times we make games for second graders, no joke. And we'll get in, you know, the gifted and talented teacher in the district will write in and be like, hey, this game is impossible. It must have been designed for adults. I'm like, mm, no, but different way of thinking. Like it really, really stretches your muscles. Yeah, and, that, and it's one thing. It's like when G, John Meehan released uh, Edgy Rush and did the break-ins, I thought it was a fan, and I know they got some great ones in there, too, and I thought it was a great idea to do the break-in, too, in a similar set, too. But, you know, you had some... T I know I was at um, um, IdeaCon in Chicago in uh, 2019, um, and we I was really prominent thing. I was on the uh, Coffee with Kenobi podcast because they were done by two teachers, too, and a lot of teachers had never heard of it, and they got thing. And then I know when um, him and Michael Matera launched um, the EC Square one, too, a lot of those teachers signed up just because of the breakout, the break-ins. And they say, well, I've been raking breakouts, but I never thought about the break-ins. And then yep. they say, I, this shouldn't be that difficult. And they're like, wait, this does not make sense. And when they did that or they signed up or they started reading the book, they said, oh, I see. It's still that same way of thinking, but it's like, how do you do that? You know, as they say, a pretest. like, how do you get to see how much they know to unlock those clues it's just like when you do like a like me like a blind gim kid or a blind kahoot like yeah we're reviewing everything but then i'm going to give you a couple things but they're like well we didn't talk about bank he's like you sure we didn't talk about bank oh we did talk about bank and then we talked about ethics with all the queens oh okay doctor now i get what you were saying with that that yep. introduction with the gim kit but i said but that's why it's blind it's like yeah i don't know the question but i should understand enough to solve the question before it comes up for the fourth time on fishtopia to answer it because like oh yeah now I've tried all three clues. Now I should know what an what the answer is. But then it's like, oh, you know, that makes sense. Just but as the kids see with me too, it's like, oh, you get some questions wrong too. It's like, well, because guys, sometimes when you read the, the wording wrong, even though the answer's there, you mess it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. But it, it, it's it, it's really a good thing. And like I said, I'm getting a little bit more too. I'm hoping by spring to really start moving to. Like I said, I'm trying to get this familiar. But like I said, you know, even though I've been doing this 13 years, it's like I've just started. I just started getting back into those breakouts myself. Like so, the digital setup ones work well too. But it's trying to get into that that not only that mindset, but get that setup to where it, it goes in. Because sometimes, as I've learned, when you just throw that at kids, 
it doesn't always have a positive message, whether they're six-year-old kindergartens or 18-year-old, you know, seniors about to graduate in seven months who are still checked into school. And so the senior itis, but just like Dr. Reed, what, what are we doing? Like, Ugh, I, like I like games yeah. too. Can we just can't we do the monopoly? I understand why monopoly and why we're doing it for consumer ed. That makes more sense. Like, why are we doing the breakout? Does this makes no sense? And I'm like, okay, I should have kind of uh, had more precursor to that. And I apologize, yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like these are all things that we've we've definitely thought through and um you know, we have a presentation that you could show the kids. It actually just talks about how to work as a group and how to think through these puzzles and stuff like that. Um, and then with that, re- what I referenced before is lock of the day. It's like, that's a daily introduction to these types of thinking. And then there's the digital games themselves, which are, you know, a series of puzzles that they have to solve that are story-based. And then it leads up to a culmination of you play a physical game or design your own digital game. You know, there's there's a lot of thinking that goes into that. And I think it's definitely, as you said, like it's not something that, that kids necessarily get dropped in on it's something that we've created a system where it's like yeah you can kind of walk them up to this with the different components over time which is you know it's successful but it's also you know it it helps frame their learning and their understanding of why they're learning it i love that idea that you were talking about a moment ago where it's like why are we doing this i don't understand it the construct of a game and the construct of a really hard challenge and you have to work together it's very tough to tell kids, oh, we're going to do group work now because group work was always for me, at least it was always like I hated group work because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to work and the other kids are going to be lazy. And so that at least, you know, was my experience in elementary school here. It's like we're not playing. We're not doing group work. Focus on the game. You're trying to open this box or you're trying to like break out of these locks on the on the computer. But initially and, and innately, what you're working on is the 4C skills and what you're working on is really how to be a team member and how to solve things and how to share information and how to be. A, a member of a team and um, you know, the best, the most beautiful secret about breakout and it's not a secret to teachers, but for the kids, that's what they're learning. You know, the content, yes, it's standards aligned and yes, there's next generation science standards or, or, you know, common core or whatever, but the content is, at, you know, I don't want to say secondary, but it's alongside the all important soft skills, SEL 4C skills that the kids are getting from these experiences, um, which is still like to, to this date, I don't know of any other, I don't know of anything else in school that really pushes kids to do that. There's lots of other ways to engage kids and gamify things and stuff like that. But it's a really special thing to see, as you said, a breakout in action. Yeah, it is quite a thing. Like I said, I was at an ed camp when like I had heard of it and I know and, and everything else, but I had never really experienced it. And I luckily got to go through two. And some of us, we solved it really, really quick. And then I was at another breakout. It was much more complicated doing the old fashioned locks, whatever. We had some clues on the website and they gave me us the one access so we could get some clues for the website, which worked really great. But that was part of both the payment. So it's like we technically paid for it to do this exercise to get the code for another year so we could get the clues, which helped a lot of us. Yep. But it was so early. And like yeah. you said, there was copyright, there was other shape, but it was so early. But, you know, that's what got us really zoomed up. But I agree. It really worked because I had a teacher friend and group work for them, middle school, middle school age. And of all classes, it's science. You know, where, where are some of those early things outside English really happens in science? Like, hey, you know, you do X, Y, and Z, or you're working with a partner, you're measuring, and the groups just would not work. So they did similar ones to like a simple tool, to like physical science, to weighting correctly, too. Um, and working with it too. So it really, really got into that. And one thing in my current school is, you know, it's been, you know, the teacher I took over for group works encourage. In fact, I'm fine with it. I said myself, like something that was happening at my old school is I've said, I'm getting stagnant in here and it's, I'm leaving the kids 
too much on their own. Yeah, it's a blend in learning, but it's like we need to get more discussion. We need to still have that. They should work on their own. I should walk around and help them or they should help each other. But at the yep. same time, is it's like I'm missing a good discussion. I'm missing kind of a good part, too. And we use TPO, which I used earlier on at Stillman and a few other things, too. So it's been nice to get into that. And I've been slowly kind of moving there. So I'm hoping like definitely by spring, I'm going to be having the breakouts definitely as well as the break ins, like I said, design, too, because I really want to kind of encourage that, too. Um, not only with that, but like you said, it, it's not really a group work. It is a, the game that is focused on that area and it works very well. So we have PBIS. So it really works for kids who are more involved with it versus hey, I'm just going to sit here and see what happens. And then it's like, you know what? But it's like I can throw the PBIS to almost everybody, but you three people, because they're not only engaged, they're showing character, they're showing helping. And oops, I spilled it. I'm going to pick that up. Clean. Like now they're demonstrating character. So, you know, we're doing the four C's, but we're also working in that PBIS system, too, for the kids, too. So then everybody gets something out of it even if it's you have the low end or learners to the high end learners where, yeah, I learned that, but oh, well, I, I don't have a real big interest, but it's the same thing. Yeah, but I did this and I was able to solve the clue because I understand what that math problem was asking me. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, it, it, it's been, it's been, it's been amazing here. I mean, like we're time and everything else to Adam and we've, you know, we've really focused on breakout edu, but what, what's some other things we'd like to get her or what about those teachers that have still been on the fence with breakout edu, even though it's been around for a few years and say, well, how do I get this started? Or, you know, yeah, my science teacher uses good, but she designs her own. Where should I go with my math kids or my social studies kids or my ELA kids? Yeah, for sure. That's and it's a great question. Like we, we've done, as I said, like, if, if people, I'd like to say, you know, if people know Breakout EDU, they haven't known it yet because <laughs> there's a tremendous amount that we've done to make it better, easier, and just, I think, really just a much more comprehensive offering. So if you haven't checked it out, or even if you haven't checked it out in a while, uh, breakoutedu.com is the, the place you'd go to get started. There's a 14-day trial, so you could go and walk through all of our digital content and see all the physical content as well, so you can understand kind of how it works. And uh, yeah, we're we're excited. I feel like, you know, as I said, the pandemic was was really tough for us, but it's allowed us to kind of put our heads in the sand and and rebuild. And we focused a lot on the user journey and we focused a lot on kind of some of the pain points that you talked about from early on. A lot of people overcame, but I think a lot of people also struggled with it. And, and we really focused on that and took it to heart. So we're really excited that that is the place to get started. There is a trial now. Uh, people had not had that previously. And it's a full trial. So it's not even like, oh, you know, you get to see this, but everything's grayed out. No, you get every single thing we offer. Obviously, the kit is the one thing you don't get, but we're happy to obviously send a video explaining it and, and emails and whatnot. So um, yeah, that, that's where you get started. And people could reach out to me or reach out to our incredible team. We have we have literally the most dedicated, passionate team of, of people from the developers to the people that test our development to customer service, the the sales and marketing folks. I mean, every single person on our staff, obviously the people that create the games and, and our designer now, like such an amazing, amazing team. And we all love feedback as well as want to kind of hear how the product is both changing your classroom and also frustrations you might have so we can make our product better as well as, you know, if you're on the fence about getting started, how could we support you and, and give guidance? So feel free to reach out and breakoutedu.com is a, a great place to get started. And just so everybody knows too, like I said, I, I was on a breakout edu very early on and I, I've always been support. But like I said, even I, as somebody teacher between switching schools, pandemics, other situations, different types of learners, I had to step back too, but it was very encouraging. I always could ask Adam or Tisha or somebody else on the breakout edu just to get things going. But also, like I said, how I incorporate into actually doing it myself too. Like, so don't, don't worry. I'm not, I'm not the unspoken, you know, breakout edu speaker as well, but I mean, <laughs> many people have known I have supported breakout edu since day one. 
fun. But yeah, I, I, it's pretty good. And like I said, even people like me have, you know, had our issues. And I thank you, Adam, for listening and the team and everybody else. And everybody knows who they are. And, you know, that's right there. That's a shout out for the whole breakout EDU. Team. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> George is in Florida right now. Like, Ryan, stop stealing my bed. <laughs> <laughs> We love you, George. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> um, otherwise, um, Adam, how else can people get a hold of you if they want to check out some of your cool things or maybe have you speak or maybe some more interpretations of maybe how they want to get involved in Breakout EDU or at least, you know, some of the other stuff you've done amazing for the last decade, believe it or not. It's hard to believe. It's yeah, scary, but uh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty accessible. So on Twitter, I'm just at Adam Bello. Uh, my email is out there. If you're trying to reach me, uh, probably the easiest way is Adam at breakoutedu.com for anything you have a question about. Um, and yeah, I mean, pretty accessible. I, I pride myself on, on, you know, answering questions and trying to get in touch with folks and, you know, it, whether it be about ed tech or whether it be, you know, we've, we've heard so many people in the last couple of years wanting to know how to get started in the space or they're looking to make a change or whatever it is. So, you know, always happy to talk to folks that are interested in the space and obviously talk about breakout as, uh, Something I think about 24-7, so <laughs> happy to talk about it with anyone else. Guys, he's literally wearing a shirt, okay? That's how much he thinks about this. On, on, a, Saturday, on a Saturday. On a Saturday. Right, my, you know, I'm yeah, wearing my, my old school thing, because as they say, I'm building my wardrobe right now for my current school. But there like, you go. Everybody says, oh, I understand. Ryan used to work there, and yeah, it's early morning, but he's literally wearing a breakout EDU shirt. So. Yeah, my, my, my team knows I am always on brand. Uh, that's that's <laughs> a big thing. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're proud of that and, and happy to do it anyway. So uh, yeah, so easy to get a, a hold of and, and happy to chat about anything in the space. Uh, I'll be at FETC coming up soon. Hopefully conferences are, you know, continuing to come back, which is great. So hopefully I'll see folks that are listening and, and obviously old friends and new, but uh, yeah, that, that's, that's my deal. I'm predicting in two years the return of the breakout EDU bus. I'm I'm expecting in about two years. I don't know about the bus, but we've got some other cool ideas that uh, that you'll probably be seeing hopefully before two years. <laughs> oh, 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 guys, guys, we have we have it. We have the teaser. Ooh, oh, the teaser is out there. I haven't used that one in forever. I bet we do. I love it. Oh, I'm glad I'm glad we got the the pixie dust. I love it. I know. I haven't <laughs> used that one in forever. I rarely get to use that one, so it's like, oh, there we go. <laughs> People are like, what do you use the alien? It's like I'm starting my school podcast, guys. Trust me, the the kids are gonna probably be like, "Oh, look, I'm gonna do the alien sound effect." <laughs> I got like three kids excited. Some are like, "I'm gonna be on the air." I'm like, "Guys, I've been working on this for three months. It's going to happen with our volleyball lease team and basketball season." But just like breakout edu, you guys, you gotta start slowly and book, and then ready to, as they say, break out and enjoy. So there you go. There's <laughs> that's my party. That's my bad dad joke. We're we're dads. <laughs> Adam and I have boys, so we 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 know we know what we the the jokes are the jokes are bad but they expect no less so exactly the kids at this point in time have gotten <laughs> to my jokes too you know and yeah that's just how it is so adam thank you again for being on the uh, pixel classroom podcast today oh my, my absolute pleasure ryan it was great to reconnect and uh good to see you and hear your voice so we'll we'll hopefully connect soon yeah hopefully we will and everybody else thank you for joining us for the pixel classroom podcast all the show notes especially breakout edu would be there and maybe i might even share one of my old ones from my school too and just make a copy and have fun with it because you know what it's I don't use it anymore, but maybe you can. So, hey, there's my there's my little personal thing there. Away I go. And now we will fade into the distance. There, there we go. <laughs> Thank you. 
thank you for joining us in today's episode of the Pixel Classroom Podcast. Remember, you can find us on our, our social media pieces here, right here in the show notes and the episode descriptions. If you like what you hear, please think of subscribing to us on the various networks of your favorite listening for podcasts. I hope to join you again next time for the Pixel Classroom Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.